0: Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it.
1: This is Histories of the Unexpected. He's the famous historical adventurer, Dr. Sam Willis. And he's Professor Extraordinaire of Early Modern British History at Plymouth University. He is Professor James Daybell. And we are your hosts for Histories of the Unexpected. Each week we discuss a surprising object oozing with unexpected
2: historical significance. And this week, it's smoke, which is all about statecraft and diplomacy. It's the ritualised smoking of the peace pipe. And
1: it's to do with smuggling and public execution. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes, subscribe to the podcast and tell all of your friends. We're on Twitter. You
2: can follow me at Dr Sam Willis, and you can follow me at James Daybell. We're proud to be part of the excellent History Hit Network, home of Dan Snow's history hit and other great shows coming soon. And you can Find out more about what we've got planned in the forthcoming months,
1: show notes, video clips, photos of everything we discuss and much, much more at historyhit.com forward slash unexpected. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode three of Histories of the Unexpected, where we will be audio-googling through history, exploring the histories of things that you didn't even know had a significant story to tell, like the history of hiding, which of course is all to do
2: with political and religious movements, and the history of height, which, if you didn't know, is all to do with wealth and status. And we'll be following these links in our minds as we come across them, explaining how everything, has a history, and crucially, how those histories link in unexpected ways. So, Sam, who knew that the history of lightning might be linked to the American Revolution? And the history of the letter is linked to state power and the emergence of the self.
1: Well, I didn't know. I don't even know what that means. Okay,
2: (laughs) It will will be explained in later
1: later podcasts. Uh, The man sitting opposite me is the Methuselah
2: of memory. It's Professor James Daybell. Hello, hello. And the man sitting opposite me is the custodian of Chronicles Dr Sam Willis. (laughs)
1: Together we will be piloting you on this uncharted and frankly highly dangerous flight into the past. Each week one of us will take the lead and this week it's my turn. Right David are you ready?
2: I am ready and slightly nervous about this one. (laughs)
1: Slightly worried. This one is going to be on smoke smoke smoke
2: not Excellent. necessarily things Excellent. that you might smoke but smoke in general so okay. what comes into your mind so intoxicants oh intoxicants tobacco uh, other other forms of, of substance that one might imbibe in in smoking general consumption Gen- general that. general consumption but also burning yeah chimneys um, and at least all sorts of wonderful stuff, isn't it? Child, chimney sweeps, chimney sweeps, child labour, all sorts of all sorts of things. Yeah. Well, what really
1: got me into it was the idea of smoke as a smoke signal. Okay. Um, which I, I think I don't know when I grew up as a kid, I just assumed that was Indians, that was Native Americans doing smoke signals. Yeah. Um, but there, there's an amazing, I think unexplored history to it. And and what actually got me into it is this. I'm going to show you a okay. interesting photograph um right here we go
2: now what what is that what, describe that what do you think that, that is? is a red brick tall square chimney stack in what
1: looks like a car park <laughs> <laughs> that's it and it's not a chimney stack on top of a
2: chimney is it no it is literally a chimney on the ground Yep. So what? It, what is it, Sam? That is, it's in Falmouth, and it's right. on the
1: corner of the car park, right next to the harbour. And uh, on that corner also stood the Falmouth Customs House, um, and it's something. It's called the King's Pipe. Um, right. I literally stumbled across this when I was I was down there once, just having a holiday, and wondered what on earth it was. And it's um there's a little sign that's saying it was the King's Pipe, and it was used for burning. Damaged or contraband tobacco. Gosh. Okay. So um, the direct link here is, well, first we must say, actually, if you look at those 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 bricks, they're very a very kind of obvious handmade brick from the period. It's the early 18th century. Yeah. You can kind of identify that. Um, so it's burning, confiscated or damaged tobacco. So this came from an era where the government was taxing tobacco. Right. So. Just then, immediately, we've got uh, a very clear link between smoke. You've got smoking tobacco, but we've also got this weird chimney, which is a smoke signal. Now, the brilliant thing about this chimney is that if you approach Falmouth Harbour from the land, you can't see it. It's the last thing you see. Right. But if you approach Falmouth from the sea, it's the first thing you see. Ah. So what we've got there is... Where are you going with this? A significant cultural monument which is directly facing outwards, it's facing west. So it, it matters that this is in Falmouth. So Falmouth is the most west facing British port and so if you're coming by sea from wherever you might be coming from you're going to approach britain primarily from the west you're going to go to falmouth you're going to go near falmouth Mm -hmm. so it's actually not only is it the first thing you'll see as a mariner arriving in falmouth very important deep water port it's the first symbol of government authority that you're going to see as well regardless of if it's actually working Right. So you have to walk past it to get into found with itself. You have to walk past it to get into town. But if it's working, it is belching out huge, huge clouds of smoke from the damaged uh, tobacco. Right. So that there is a smoke signal. And they were established in all of the major customs ports of Britain. There's one in Exeter. Really? We're, 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 we both we're, live in, in the customs house. Right. It's out the right. back. It's, um, it's slightly different to this one. But there's definitely one there. There was an enormous one in Liverpool, right. um, and that was built slightly later. But here's a great description of um, the Liverpool pipe uh, burning. So see what you think of this. The volumes of dense smoke which issue from this chimney cloud the streets to the annoyance of all passengers and fill the rooms of every house in the line of its direction to a degree perfectly offensive and intolerable. Within the reach of the smoke, the furniture of our houses is spoiled. Life is rendered comfortless to all. Many are afflicted with sore eyes, and only the young and healthy at some time can breathe. So bear in mind, this is a government thing. It's the state burning tobacco. The oh, they're trying to make it as unpleasant as possible, as unmistakable as possible. They're proclaiming a victory victory against smugglers they've caught smugglers they're burning the tobacco they're flying a flag they're, they're
2: this is their signal saying we've just got one up in the war against the smugglers this is state-sponsored environmental disaster it is <laughs> i mean we can run with this in lots in lots of different ways if we follow the line of this idea of smoke signals or or, or fire signals i'm thinking here of the uh, the beacons Okay. that, that we used in the in the 16th century the connect to the armada yes yes so the idea that you know that basically the um the beacons would be lit in order to show people in in devon and cornwall that the Armada was coming. However... That they were under threat. And these beacons were all along the south coast. They were all along the south coast. However, there is evidence to show that they were never, in fact, lit. Right. And and, and a lot of historians, you know, still believe that the beacons were lit. But there's a lot of evidence to show that, in fact, people were punished for lighting beacons at this period (laughs) because... And this connects to another thing that we need to know about Fear. Ah, because okay. people would be in fear of their lives, that they were going to be invaded by a by a, a foreign power by the Spaniards. It sounds to me like uh, someone
1: thought it was a good idea
2: to yeah. have beacons and someone else <laughs> said. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no. someone a bit wider who
1: could yeah. spin a story. So that's a
2: terrible idea. <laughs> so you idea. want to you want to control this kind of thing. So the state the state comes in and, and close and closes this down. And what in fact they have is sort of spy ships out, out mm. in, in Plymouth Sound and other places that allow you to to sort of spy on on enemy what, ships and What was that going come, on but to coming. keep, keep yeah. the general public uninformed yes. of yes. big state events. Yes. Yes. And and this is all about, in some ways, it is about state power. Yeah. And it is about it is about control. But also, if we think about this in another way, it leads us on to we move from smoke to smoking. Uh-huh. And we move from that to Tobacco, and of course we all know the sort of the, the history of tobacco, which sort of was first sort of cultivated by American Indians. Um, Columbus, 1492, and all of that goes over, and is given dried leaves as a gift. It then sort of slowly finds its way back. You know, and Walter Raleigh, in, in, in England, it's exotic. It's, it's foreign. It's, it's exotic. Yeah. It's foreign. It's first of all connected to medicine. It's something that is sort of seen as a, as a kind of cure all, you know, from from bad breath to to cancer. Um, but nonetheless, there is a there is a recognition pretty early on that smoking is in fact bad for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Francis Bacon, in about 1610 or thereabouts, writes about. Not being able to give up smoking—that this okay. is this is highly addictive. That's it, an awareness of addiction. An, an, uh, an, aware, an awareness mm. of addiction and awareness of what it's doing. And in fact, even earlier, in 1604, if I remember correctly, James King James of uh, King James the Sixth and First of Scotland and England writes a a famous tract against tobacco. Let's see if we can find Let that. Let me problem. see if we can. Yep, yeah, Yep. Yeah, okay. Here we are. We have here a counterblast to tobacco. A counterblast. A counterblast, oh, which, which is followed by a law uh, to basically put a heavy protective tariff on tobacco. Every pound of tobacco that's brought into England, there's a heavy sort of a heavy tax on it. But I'll just read you a little extract from the counterblast to tobacco. 1604. This is King James. Have you not reason then to be ashamed and to forbear this filthy novelty, so basely grounded, so foolishly received, and so grossly mistaken in the right use thereof, in your abuse thereof, sinning against God? smoking is sinful, harming yourselves both in persons and goods and raking also thereby the marks and notes of vanity upon you. This is something that is is—it's mm. vain. By the custom thereof making yourselves to be wondered at by all foreign civil nations and by all strangers that come among you to be scorned Scorned and condemned, a custom loathsome to the eye, hateful to the nose, harmful to the brain, dangerous to the lungs, and in the black stinking fume thereof, nearest resembling the horrible stingian smoke of the pit that is bottomless. <laughs> you know, this is absolutely, you know. He, I mean, he. Do you think he wrote that, or is there? A oh absolutely, he, like he has. <laughs> no, no, no. He has a history of writing such things. You know, he tracked right. against witchcraft. He's one of the most learned monarchs a, around. From, from well. the and of <laughs> rant. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, th- th- it's interesting the, the king getting involved here because if you go back to the pipe, what's yeah, what, what is the involved? king's pipe? It's yeah. the king's pipe, yeah. and that one was um, from early 18th century. And what what matters is that that one was built shortly after the death of Queen Anne. Right. So it, it, it's not the Queen's pipe. It's deliberately and it's consciously isn't the Queen's pipe. It's at a time where they're trying to secure the Hanoverian succession. Yeah, and yeah. It, it, it's actually kind of linked to. Um, uh political instability the the worry, the worry about um the dynasty changing and so you you've really got the presence of the king involved there and it, and it also it means that the very act of smuggling is it is a conscious criminal act against someone very specific and that specific person is the king because we've got to think about why they are raising taxes we've talked about all of the different things that there were taxed but we've got um silk was taxed gold was taxed horses were taxed all sorts of things wine was taxed and tobacco so tobacco is just one thing but they were raising taxes to pay for wars yeah so there is a direct link there with this kind of smuggling because the crown is in debt because the crown has been trying to either defend itself or one way or another expand overseas
2: yeah, and it's also you know you tax things that are lucrative mm. as well. You tax you tax luxury items things that people, that people want. want. That people want. Mm. You know, it's the reason that people tax booze and, and tobacco today because it's a, you know, it's an inelastic good that people people demand.
1: And I, I think w- what I loved about it was this sense of display in theatre, which comes back yep. to the idea yep. of, of the beacon. So this is at a time where criminals were hanged publicly. They yep. were hanged in yep. chains even after they were dead. To demonstrate that they've done something wrong. Um, there's a very famous quote about someone who was hanged for uh, being a horse thief, and the judge yep. said, you are, you are not being hanged for stealing a horse. You are being hanged so that horses may not be stolen. It, it's. Yeah. It brings the kind of very interesting important question of of the history of laws and the history of punishment and
2: and and how the state kind of got that across and, and public spectacle. Yeah. You know, hanging public execution like that with something that you would, you know, you'd see alongside bear baiting, theatre going, it was a day out. Yeah. You would go along and it was it was something that you would go to as a spectator. You know, you would you would you would almost enjoy going to this kind of thing. But I, think, but I think this idea of burning as well takes us in another direction that's also related to state control. You think about the burning of books uh, okay. you know, throughout history. Witches. You, burning of witches. Um, but also what it's about, it is about the way in which you are, you're controlling things, you're destroying things. And it's the ultimate kind of destruction. I mean, you're yep. left with ashes, you're left you with you absolutely nothing. Yeah. You think about the sort of scorched earth policy you know, a retreating army will burn as they retreat. Will burn the crops so that the, so that the army that's following them will have nothing to survive on on the land. You know, so it is ultimately a sort of a, a destruction and an ultimate control by just removing it entirely. Mm. Um, but this, I, I want to I want to also sort of play with this idea about the king's pipe and the, you know, the king's pipe and not the queen's pipe and sort of and run with that and think about, you know, the, the gendering of smoking. OK. You know, and, and if we think about that in terms of the sort of paraphernalia of smoking and the representation of smoking, I have here a I have here a, a little woodcut of a of a ballad called Cheat Upon Cheat. Right. Or the debauched hypocrite. And what we have here, I will just read this out to you. But as you can see here, what we have is a, is a number of individuals sitting around a, a table in an inn. And it says, being a true account of two maidens who live in London near Fish Street, the one being named Susan, the other Sarah. Susan being dressed in a men's apparel. And if you see, so we've basically got cross-dressing mm-hmm. in in the uh, in sort of late 16th, early 17th century London. Um, and what you notice is that Susan here. Is displayed with smoking a pipe. Okay, so it, you know, part, so, of so, her disguise. So part, of, part of her disguise, as well as wearing a sort of lavish hat, is wearing is 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 smoking is smoking a pipe. This is not to mean though that women didn't smoke during this period, but it is about you think nowadays how all the sort of accoutrements that are associated with smoking are about. It's about the the act, the sort of the style, the fashion of smoking, and I think that's something. If we look at that through the sort of paraphernalia connected with smoking. Mm. That's something that's changed over over time. It's become incredibly fashionable.
1: The whole kind of paraphernalia of smoking is really interesting because if you were an archaeologist, you, you assume that everyone in the early modern period smoked because of the, the sheer quantity of um, clay pipes that you find everywhere, which is very different from the kind of... The vision you have of a Victorian gentleman like Sherlock Holmes with his kind of very distinctive... Curved pipe. I have a curved pipe, rather than the long, straight, yeah. straight one. Um, and uh, funnily enough, I was in Istanbul recently at the Grand Bazaar, and it was amazing how many merchants and salesmen they were were, were selling pipes as collector's items, but beautiful, ornate, ivory-carved pipes, um, which I wasn't kind of expecting to to see. And I, I didn't really assume that
2: they had much of a market, but apparently they do. Yeah, yeah, I imagine. I mean, if you look at, yeah, I think you're quite right. If you look at the archaeology of pipes, they're they're everywhere. And you think about those long pipes, but then also you think about you think about um, you know what we what we describe as, as sort of um, you know more uh, you know pipes belonging to people in different parts of, of the world. For example, I've got some here. These beautifully sort of ornate uh, American Indian, oh, yeah, Native yeah. American. Pipes that are beautifully carved and, and symbolic, and you think about the role of smoking in in, in effectively in diplomacy yeah. as a sort of communal habit. That you know, the, something the pipe, that pipe, you pipe, share, something maybe. that you share that would be part that would be passed around. Do you think that's a habit that you share, rather than the actual object
1: you share? That we have something in common. I both know we like to sit down and have a smoke. I don't know. I mean,
2: I'd, I'd always thought that they were basically trying to get the um, the, the party they were trying to negotiate with stoned, <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 <laughs> so, so that things would go much more <laughs> easily. No, but I'm, I'm sure it's it, I'm sure it's a ritual of friendship, and I think I think they also the ritual of of where you sit in that circle you know who you're who you're sitting next to you know being on the left of somebody is a sort of position of of status and 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 passing it round in that kind of communal way who it starts with who it en- ends up with i'm sure a lot of that had there's a politics to that yeah Well, it's an
1: amazing subject and we've gone from falmouth in cornwall to sherlock holmes and istanbul
2: and without mentioning Churchill.
1: Without mentioning Churchill? How do we miss him now? And scars,
2: and and World War II, and and an image of you know, of of a kind of world leader. Yeah, and where did those cigars come from? Where did Uh, churches come from? And they come from Cuba.
1: They do. And the Cuban Missile Crisis and and, oh my word, we could go off in all kinds of ways with this. A true can of worms. Yes. Brilliant, well um, thank you all very much for listening. Um, Don't forget that you podcast listeners are the third and most important member of this podcast so do please get in touch with us on Facebook, on Twitter, by email with any links that we haven't covered. Send us some photos of your pipes, we love those we can put them up online and make some suggestions for topics that we can do in the future but for now that's it thank you very much
0: hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with Quince being 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands